This is the second episode of a short series on property buying. I apologize for the lateness, so let's just get to it in a few minutes. The thing about the housing loan is that you would need to go to the banks with the SMP and tell them that, hey, I want to buy a house. This is a copy of my SMP. How much can I get, etc. And this is where a bit of research beforehand can save you a lot of trouble. Online financial websites like Ringgit Plus and iMoney actually have housing loan comparisons. So these are usually up to date. So they are basically housing loans with the actual current prevailing interest that the housing loans will charge. And so you can actually use those as an estimate as to how much you would pay per month and how likely you are to get a housing loan. So now you go to the banks and if let's say they decided that yes, they want to lend you the money, they will usually appoint a third party assessor who will then investigate the property and say that yes, the bank can lend you the amount that you want to because the property is worth this much, etc, etc. And this is also something that you would have to pay. In my experience, what happened was that the evaluator actually submitted a copy to both the bank and me and I actually paid it directly to the assessor but I needed to show the receipt to the bank so that the bank would release the funds. You would actually need to come up with the valuation fees. Now for mine it was about 650 ringgit but your mileage again may vary. So we've covered SMP, we've covered valuation fees, we've covered SMP stamp duty. So now we come to the actual loan. There are usually two choices. Some people are lucky enough that their SMP lawyers are also their loan lawyers. So generally, most banks will have a panel of lawyers and these are usually scattered throughout the state so that when you are applying for a loan with the bank, they will actually say that, okay, you can go to our lawyers here and we vetted them and we prefer working with them. So if your SMP lawyer is the same or is part of the bank's panel lawyer, then the process is slightly simpler because then they would basically take care of everything from SMP all the way until the loan is signed and you can get the house keys to your new home. However, if you are like me in my case where my SMP lawyers were not the bank's panel lawyers, and if I wanted to, I could have actually told the bank and my lawyers that I wanted the SMP lawyer to handle my loan. The problem is, is that that would have added a delay of at least two to three extra weeks. And because there were shenanigans in terms of getting the full legal details of the property in the beginning, my timeline to get the loan was actually running low. And according to the SNP terms, if I didn't get the loan signed by this date, I would actually need to pay the seller delay fees. I would actually be penalized for not getting it done. And so because of that, my SNP lawyers actually told me to just go ahead with the bank's lawyers. So they liars with the bank's lawyers for the SNP and for the loan agreement. And then when the loan was agreed upon, I needed to sign the documentation. And this also meant that I also had to pay the loan lawyers, both the facilities legal fee, basically the fee for drawing up the loan agreement. And again, and yes, I needed to pay another stamp duty for the loan agreement. So basically, this is how the government makes a bit of money from the financial transactions in the country. They basically charge a stamp duty 
Now, if you are buying a new property or if you're buying straight from the developers, a lot of developers will be more than happy to waive this for you. Simply because for them, they know that they're guaranteed to get your money. And so they are willing to take on the legal fees and the stamp duty. Now, as I mentioned, this was me buying a subsale property. In total, if you were to go according to iProperty, all these fees, the SMP legal fees, the stamp duty, the loan fee, the valuation fees, these are all what you call an entry fee. And bear in mind, this entry fee doesn't include your booking fee nor your down payment. So how much was it altogether when we were discussing it? For a 250,000 ringgit property, that's about 9,900 ringgit. So yes, you would actually need at least 10,000 ringgit in liquid cash. Yeah, these are just some of the hidden fees. And this is when you are purchasing the property. I haven't begun to talk about the fees that goes into maintaining your property. And by maintaining your property, I'm not talking about electricity bills. I'm not talking about utilities like water or internet. No, 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 no. I'm talking about things like door tax, assessment tax, quit rent, and maintenance fees. Now, maintenance fees are only for apartments. But that is something for the next episode. So I hope you guys found this enlightening and I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks again and I'll see you guys on the next one. Bye! Just a Few Minutes is written and produced by Patricia. The music is Lazy by B. Yankee, which can be found on the Free Music Archive. For more information about this podcast and other voiceover services, visit patriciavoices.com.